Hello to all the amazing fans of the best sport on the face of the earth, football. And welcome to the season finale episode of your favorite football podcast, Gaffer's Advisor. Before we begin with the season finale, I would like to kindly remind you to please follow and subscribe to Gaffer's Advisor on Spotify, Google Podcasts or any other platform from where you tune in. Since this is the final episode for the season, I thought why not make it all about the top English clubs that are or aspire to be playing in Europe season in and season out. And to join me in this discussion, I would like to welcome Arnav Bhandari for Liverpool, Ravi Pulkesan for Tottenham, Manan Rindani for Chelsea, and last but not the least, Anshuman Singh for Manchester United. Now, Arnav may be working as a category manager in Toronto. but his heart has not walked alone ever since i have known him ravi has been one of my closest friends for a long time now and he has been supporting and rooting for spurs ever since the football bug bit him manan has bled blue for chelsea ever since our university days together and anshuman is such a big united supporter that he has his own youtube channel by the name of the united road where he hosts live chat sessions discussing everything to do with manchester united Any United fans listening into this episode should definitely check it out. Thank you guys for joining in this discussion as we talk about each of the clubs you guys love and support and since I know football isn't complete without banter I hope this discussion brings out some of that in here as well. So thank you guys for joining in and uh, I would like to start with Arnav. Arnav second best Liverpool finished second best in England second best in Europe. What do you think went against you especially after you had the most complete squad arguably better than the clubs that trumped you Manchester City and Real Madrid respectively So I wouldn't necessarily say that uh I mean the reason why it went to second best in the league especially was because City had a not so great as according as per their standards a not so great second half of the season I mean if you think about it coming at towards the end of December Liverpool were what like 14 points behind City with okay agreed with two games in hand uh which was still like an 8 point deficit which if you look at Man City as a team and what they've done over the last 5 years so 8 point deficit for Man City is still a very big uh gap to fulfill which the only reason why I personally believe the only reason why it went down to uh, the last game of the season was because it did then drop points which nobody expected them to what you're saying is absolutely right that uh, manchester city had a horrible uh, second half of the season as to as per their standards but yet liverpool had a better squad in total and they were performing on a very consistent basis more consistently than man city did more consistently than any other club did and yet by a solitary point you guys finished second yeah i mean uh, so if you think about it like Now, if you see the in hindsight, if you look at the league as a total, uh, and I'm just talking about the league right now, not the Champions League. Uh, but for the league, right? Uh, for the league, like second half of the season, I don't think we, like Liverpool as a team would have could have done any much better. Why right? we are what two drawn matches against uh, City and Spurs, and uh, I mean you could argue that uh, the City game is something that Liverpool should have won. in the sense that they wanted to win the title like that was a match it had come down to like you beat you beat city and then you you have a clear run into the title exactly exactly they were the champions defending champions as well as the current champions now and right. yeah, had you beaten them in that match things might have been different 
uh yeah but in hindsight if you look into from a season perspective i think like uh i think the loss against leicester in december is something that actually hurt us more uh because i wouldn't say i wouldn't say the loss against west ham is something that would have done because west ham at that point of time were actually playing very well so i personally feel like it's the loss against leicester that uh tilted it in or the, rather that is the point like if you see the season as a whole that is where i would probably put my finger on that could have gone better but other than that i wouldn't say like it's a disappointment or anything i mean i agree uh, losing by one point is a disappointment it's uh, what could have been kind of thing but overall i feel it, it was a good season from that perspective anything, if anything anshuman can actually relate to you losing to manchester city on goal difference back in 2012 so i think he is the guy who can relate to you of the most on this point losing the league by a solitary point but what about here of the champions league uh yeah champions league i think is uh i i just guess it was like one of those teams that you couldn't do anything about i mean coming to real madrid and seeing seeing how they played during the entire knockout knockout stage of the champions league they dominated the final entirely i mean true and you could also say like uh, city dominated madrid chelsea dominated madrid hell even psg dominated madrid you can and, say that but i mean it was like one of those days you, you couldn't do much I mean, Karim Benzema was there saving uh, Madrid in all those matches that you mentioned. But in the match against Liverpool, Karim Benzema was relatively quiet. You guys found the antidote to the great Karim Benzema, but Vinicius Junior came out of Celebes Award. Yeah, like oh, okay, why are you starting this again? I think we already had this discussion. Please don't let me relive those moments. <laughs> I think I think that is the episode for now. <laughs> I think that is what we are here for. But uh, uh, like, uh, like I, I mean, like we had always discussed, like going into the final, my my only concern was like, uh, like I was pretty, I was I was very confident that we would be able to silent, uh, silence Karim Benzema, especially with uh, Van Dijk in the in the backline, and it always it was always going to come down to Vinicius Junior versus Trent Alexander Arnold, but uh, we 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 saw what happened. But in any case, I mean, Lordy was up to the task, I guess. <laughs> no, that's true. But I, I still feel like uh, I know our finishing could should have been more clinical. I think that is where we lost because we, like you mentioned, we were dominating the match and uh, like we did have a lot of chances. We're talking about finishing and Courtois was the wall. He just couldn't let you in. Yeah, I, I was actually coming to that. Like even Thibaut Courtois had like one of his magical nights that you could say. I mean, especially the saves coming from uh, the Mane shot that he had saved in the first half and then Salah's uh, two shots from Salah at least. Point like, blank range, all those points blank range. So I mean, when you have a keeper on the in on that kind of form, and then you have the the entire club has such a clutch moment within them. So I mean, you couldn't do much. I would uh, move to Anshuman right now. Anshuman, as like you are, you are a highly passionate about the Red Devils. You are you are a great Manchester United fan, but it's almost about to be a decade decade long drought when it comes to the Premier League. trophy for manchester united almost a decade long it will be 10 years next year and the last league title came in 2013 manchester united on in all honesty do not look likely to win the league in the coming year even if eric ten hag manages to pull off a miracle and sign all of the targets that are on his list it doesn't look very likely so apart from the board and the owners apart from the glazers against whom we have seen men, you know numerous protests at old trafford is there anything else that you see that needs to be changed in the club 
for it to return to its former glory days so first of all siddharth bhai thanks a lot for inviting me on the podcast and i would love to make the first point is first of all in a way that when you talk about manager okay so we cannot say whether he can win it for us or not even after getting the signings but when a new manager gets in the first thing that he wants to see is whether he can get his players in or not at this point of time what i am liking about united in the transfer window is we are not settling in for less so if we are going after uh, someone like frankie de jong we are waiting we are waiting patiently we have put up the you know put down the price as well so first of first of all eric ten hag obviously he will need time as you said it's going to be 10 years next year definitely you know people people ask me on my channel that you know can we do a miracle can we do a lester next season and i'm like you know at this point of time i don't feel that way in football you can never say never but at this point of time i don't think we are anywhere close like you know anywhere close to what level city is playing at what level liverpool is playing at you look at tottenham the signings they are making and how good they will be under conte so it will be definitely a top four race because chelsea you know they are trying to get some players in they are trying to get some signings in so for me next year definitely not it's not going to happen and when you talk about the change that i want to see i just want to see the changes in the players mentality you know it all comes down to that said by that those players you know as eric ten hag said majority of them finished second in the premier league a season ago you come back to next season you have made few good signings and you finish sixth you know and that too just because the other teams around you loses at the last you know at the very last juncture so from the, the last or- match aston villa aston villa definitely uh, sorry west ham united west ham united definitely lost their match otherwise united would have finished seventh instead of sixth had match, uh, had west ham won their final day game yeah exactly yes. we were basically you know we were on the we were on the screening in delhi and basically we were you know celebrating city at that point of time and that was embarrassing you know but it was just as, like you know yeah it was basically united fan if you're celebrating manchester city that is embarrassing even if that means liverpool did not get to win the league and no for me it was it was not embarrassing in a way because yeah liverpool for you know if they are not winning anything you know if i we have to support city for that that goes for me that goes oh, uh, i i thought i'll never uh, you know live to hear this from a united fan that uh, they were celebrating city i mean yeah, uh, i see that like Anshuman, you know, i mean it's 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 just it's just the things liverpool make you do you know <laughs> i mean i i i see where anshuman is coming from like uh, i mean the whole context of his uh, you know saying that i get but yeah like individually that that was yeah, individually that was you know that's the context that basically if liverpool is not winning that's like a celebration for us you know <laughs> so when the full time whistle went it was like more like a relief than it's not 2020 it's still 2019 and for another year at least it would be like that so city has a lot of catching up to do obviously they are going to dominate they are going through their best period so when i talk about you know celebrating city success it was more like you know stopping liverpool obviously when they lost to PSG uh when they lost to Real Madrid you know in the Champions League and when uh, Liverpool lost as well so at this point of time fact remains that we are nowhere close you know and as a united fan as i said it was embarrassing but it was a relief that you know Liverpool was not winning but yeah we cannot keep on you know hoping that keep, uh, city keep 
Liverpool from getting to 20. We have to move on. And at this point of time, we are very, very far away from 21. You know, we are struggling to get into Champions League, let alone win anything. So, hopefully, the all, players' all attitude, all, as I said. All in all, the players' mentality is what you're pointing at here. Apart yeah. from… Players' uh, mentality, because if the owners are backing the manager with everything, and those players, they lack the mentality to show and you know show up and perform, it's not going to happen. They have already sold down two, three managers down the river. You know, we have seen that. We have seen that. Even Definitely, we have seen that. We have seen that. Mourinho, LVG. You know, LVG was sad when Mourinho was there. Ole, they did well, but when the tough, you know, okay. time got tough. Anshuman, Anshuman, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to interrupt you here. I'm sorry for that. But if you're talking about the managerial changes, we have seen so many managerial changes happen at Manchester United. But, but someone who knows more about managerial changes, I think. Right now, at this uh, point in time, would be Ravi, who has seen four different managers in the last year and a half itself, including their caretaker manager, Ryan Mason. After Pochettino left, Spurs went through Jose Mourinho, uh, uh, Nuno Espirito Santo, Ryan Mason, and right now they have uh, Antonio Conte at the helm. So, four managers, like I said, and despite all that, Spurs still managed to finish strong. Especially considering the three-way battle for the fourth place towards the end, where they edged out their rivals Arsenal and of course Manchester United. Ravi, you must be pretty ha- happy with that finish. Apart from Hyungmin Son and Harry Kane, who would you say is the most responsible for this strong finish that your club saw in the last season? That absolutely delighted, and and when you know Anshuman was talking about uh, the changes. Uh, the managerial changes. I, I was thinking about the same thing that you know we did we did quite a few of them, um, and I w- and I would think like Manan will also think about the same thing that Chelsea also did quite a few of them. Uh, and I mean like there's a there's an ongoing joke that you know Chelsea changes so many managers and everything. But but yeah, I mean they have been one of the top teams uh, forever, uh, especially uh, you know uh, especially uh, after 2010 their success has been great. Uh, coming back to us, if you, uh, if you if you take yeah. into account the last decade or so, up after yeah. Manchester City, who has totally dominated the entire decade, that's, if you that's forget fair. the last two seasons yeah. where Liverpool has come up, Chelsea has uh, been the second playing uh, has been playing the second fiddle to City mostly. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I mean, there's no denying. I mean, if your rival is great, they're great. You know, uh, you have to uh, step up and beat them. That's that's there. But uh, yeah, on on the on the fact that yeah, managerial changes, sure. Uh, I mean, uh, of course, Conte was. Uh, we were targeting Conte before uh, the season began. The last season began after Jose uh, was, you know, said goodbye. So we were looking, looking at him. He didn't join at the time, as he has, you know, said uh, several times, because he was out of Inter at that time and he needed some time for himself and family and whatnot. Then he came back, and that that was the thing. So that you know, that manager-player cohesion is very important. That's what I feel. That synergy is very important. After when he came in, you would see the change and turn in Harry Kane's form, which was very, very critical uh, to, uh, you know, to our turnaround. Son was, you know, uh, throughout the season, he did win the, uh, he did co-win the golden boot. Uh, but, you know, he was also sort of uh, on the colder side before Conte came in. The... He was he was the best amongst them, but yeah, uh, you know there was there was uh, not enough benchmark there for Spurs uh, when Conte walk, had walked in. Now, uh, apart from 
apart from uh, these two who have been like you know it, it's always said that uh, spurs is all about son and kane and kane and son that's the game but uh, no we did show a lot of uh, character and depth in the team even you know the bench was not that strong but we uh, but the december signings uh, bentaker and kulu those were uh, actually very very pivotal for uh, us qualifying into the top 4 uh, the form in which ben davies and eric theo were, uh, were you know as as in the as in you know uh, some superpower has been unlocked uh, the way they were playing uh, the way they were carrying uh, themselves on the pitch uh, the whole attitude change the whole momentum after that started shifting that game uh, the i if 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 you have if you want to ask me like one game that uh, you know was the turning point i would pick the leicester city game where bergwijn scored the winner in in the in the real dying moments of the game that was the that was the moment when we uh, when you know the whole team's momentum spirit uh, confidence everything was lifted but yes um players aside from uh, son and king i would say it's it's got to be bentek uh, the december signings uh, you know bentekar and uh, kulusevski i mean definitely we all have our personal heroes and we all opinion opinions definitely do differ from uh, person to person but i would have to agree with you on the kulusevski point i've seen him perform uh, the last season and he was just phenomenal phenomenal ever since he joined uh, spurs uh, but are you at, at all worried that he's on a loan right so uh, what happens if when his loan runs out well that's why we are building a bench right i mean uh, i'm sure ponte uh, knows better uh, to <laughs> to retain him and and uh, you know keep him in in the longer run but uh, you know give him a full contract and what not but but i feel but i feel that uh, that's why we are building a bench uh, that's why we're getting another striker that's that's why we are doing things that we're doing Uh, that it's not always dependent on uh, one or two players like it has been in the in the recent past so i will, I will, I will circle back i will definitely circle yeah. back to that point you said about getting a new striker because you definitely just signed richardson from everton so right. i will circle back to that but uh, since we actually discussed about uh, chelsea and their impact that uh, they had uh, on the league in the last decade after manchester city so definitely you know uh, city has come close to oh, sorry chelsea has come close to city's dominance and uh, liverpool definitely has uh, been showing some of their colors in the past two seasons or they have halted city uh, they have halted chelsea's momentum in a way even in the last season chelsea finished third behind liverpool and with not a lot of momentum towards the end they had a very inconsistent run towards the end with their performances deteriorating so manan what do you think about this and what do you think is the reason behind the inconsistency that you faced this, uh, especially towards the end of the season i think a lot of it has to go to uh, the inconsistency in attack uh, i think under thomas tuchel we've been one of the most consistent defenses uh, across europe but when it comes to scoring goals we can't finish for to save our lives uh, there have been so many instances we do not have uh, an out and out striker romelu lukaku of course was a was an unmitigated disaster on 97 million pounds uh, down the drain and uh, even kai havertz is not a not a natural number 9 and and the finishers and the wingers we have are are highly inconsistent to put it mildly so i think that's where um, our our inconsistencies come from you look at the games like the carabao cup final the fa cup final we had we created ample of chances and i think 
uh, at at a level that Chelsea play in, and 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 I'm not just talking about the club uh, from a club perspective. Uh, just at the level, at the highest level of football, you need to take those chances, uh, and and if you don't, you get punished. It's as simple as that. So no, I, I don't think it's 100% down to Tuchel, but the inconsistency inconsistency definitely stems from the fact that we cannot. Uh, score goals as freely as say a Manchester City or a Liverpool uh, side scores, and uh, even in previous seasons, Chelsea has never been a free-scoring team. Uh, we've always relied on, uh, apart from that one astounding season under Carlo Ancelotti back in 2009. But uh, apart from that, we've always relied on our defence to bail us out. So I, I think that that's what cost us in in last season, where we almost. Sort of blew a top three spot again and had to rely on you know Arsenal being Arsenal uh, for us to reach the uh, top four and finally top three. So I, I think that's where uh, the the whole problem uh, is, is rooted around. I think uh, in 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 terms of scoring goals and taking our chances. I'm sure. I'm sure any Arsenal fans listening to this episode will not be very happy with your comment about Arsenal being <laughs> Arsenal, but. <laughs> But but let's face the facts. I mean, uh, definitely Chelsea has uh, struggled with their finishing, with their attack, and uh, the names you mentioned, Romelu Lukaku, definitely a disaster of a signing from uh, Inter Milan. But yeah. an amazing move by Inter Milan to sell Lukaku to you guys for 97 million pounds and then an 8 million loan fee back to Inter, where Lukaku has apparently actually said that he feels like being at home. So yeah. uh, a little here, a little there. But Chelsea finished third in the last season, and yeah. apart from the signings that are still to come for Chelsea in this season, uh, apart from uh, the signings that Chelsea hopes to make this season, any key player you think will be a difference maker in the in the upcoming season, and what difference will that be, whether vis-a-vis respect to the finishing of the club, as in the position you guys hope to finish. So where do you think, or where do you see Chelsea at the end of May 2023? So uh, to answer your first question, which player I think will be the major difference maker? I think there will be two players who will be the major difference makers for us, and I'm strictly talking about the players that we have right now in the squad, not the players that we may or may not sign. So I think it, it our season hinges on uh, Reece James and Ben Chilwell. So uh, up until that game against Juventus in the Champions League where we absolutely demolished them 4-0 I think our season was well on track we were perhaps what 3-4 points behind City well in the title race and that one injury long term injury to Ben Chilwell sort of derailed the entire season so the system that Tuchel plays in uh, wing backs are the chance creators for for the forwards and with Chilwell out of the picture I think Alonso is just not at the same quality so I think uh in terms of having a good season it's very important to keep these two players uh fit and and healthy uh, as much as possible so i think these two will be the difference makers uh, from a chelsea point of view um when we where i see chelsea finishing in may it, it's i'm i'm genuinely worried because obviously city and liverpool are setting standards a season after season so uh with the players that we have i i don't see us catching them anytime soon and you got to also account for the fact that tottenham with a world class coach making brilliant moves in the transfer market uh, i think a backed conte is a dangerous conte so um i think yeah they have to be considered as a very very good shout for a top four uh, spot and arsenal are also making very smart signings gabriel jesus 
and well they were in for rafinha but i don't think he is happening now but even even still they are making very good signings uh, under mikel arteta so we've got a fight on our hands to finish in the top 4 but uh, i'll be optimistic here and probably mean uh, probably factor in a fourth place finish come may 2023 assuming we do not make any superstar or or major signing let's say at the end of the transfer window so optimistically you're making a fourth place prediction with city and liverpool setting standards as per you know using your words who do you see finishing third above you tottenham uh, as i said the back conte is a dangerous conte uh, he is a world class coach and domestically uh, there are very few managers who are better than him if any uh, i think uh, do- like i said domestically i think he's probably and and this is going to be a probably an unpopular statement or a very bold statement i think he's on par with pep uh, guardiola and uh, jurgen klopp so you can't touch him domestically he's just too good and he's just his teams are just too consistent and he's getting the players he wants so i think he's he's definitely going to going to be in with a shout uh, i i probably won't say he'll be in a title race or he'll be in a title race but uh, he, they they are definitely right now favorites for the top a uh, top 3 finish Yeah, so I won't, I won't, uh, you know, uh, continue much here. But just before I move on, just a last, as a last comment, you should know more about Conte. As a Chelsea fan, he won you the league. The last league title that uh, Chelsea won was with Conte, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. So, do you at all regret firing him or you know sacking him? No, because, like I said, he, he, he. The moment things does not uh, do not go his way, he throws his toys out of the pram. Uh, and and as wonderful a season as 2016-17 was, the following season was just as painful, and the players have virtually given up. I I I, I still remember the game against Manchester City at the Etihad vividly, and you could see the players strolling around. Uh, 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 just despite being just one goal behind, you could see the players just walking around the pitch, not even attempting to get the ball from City, and it was shameful. It was embarrassing. So the moment things do not go his way. he will give up he will not care one bit about the club he's at and he'll threaten to quit so i i i just don't think that it was worth that drama i i thank him for the title but we absolutely made, made the right decision to move on from him and i'm, I'm sure Mourinho. ravi wanna be marinho <laughs> yeah i i don't think conte will get compared to mourinho i don't think mourinho is a level above not right now but overall in football history uh but i i'm sure ravi will soon find that out uh, maybe in a season or two that the I, the, the I, downside the negative not, side of content i hope not oh, i do it. hope so <laughs> uh, no no this is this is this is what i was talking about but i would definitely come to ravi as we were talking about antonio conte and uh, you know a backed conte is a uh, a dangerous conte and uh, how ravi may find out in the in the in the season to come how uh, dangerous it can be the on the flip side but ravi i'll ask you the same question i began uh, uh, with manan like uh, spurs finished fourth manan is saying that spurs are uh, you know uh, stated to finish third according to him where do you think spurs will be finishing in the upcoming season and uh, who will be the difference maker for you guys like you have made some signings so you can include the names that have already are with uh, tottenham now right um, i feel uh, top 4 is a, is not beyond the realm of possibility uh, now uh, given you know given the team that we had the original team the original playing 11 that we have uh, is 
good it's performing well under conte uh, as a team i'm not talking about individual players uh, there are uh, there are individual players who are who have done uh, not done so good of course uh, son and kane are eternal favorites for any tottenham fan uh, in the modern day perisic is one of the uh, new signings i've have uh, high hopes from and uh, you know just to wrap things up top 4 is uh, not uh, beyond the realm of possibility yeah all right so top 4 finished for uh, chelsea top 4 finished for spurs um so arnav liverpool second we already discussed you guys just just lost out by a solitary point in the league but uh, i will have to ask you do you see yourself winning the league next season do you see yourself finishing second or do you see any kind of disaster happening god forbid and uh, if whatever be the reason for your answer and we would definitely like to know that who will be the difference maker who do you think will be the key player for liverpool if if they win the league or for their downfall which every united fan would be expecting i think expecting or hoping i think it's more hoping than rather than expecting right <laughs> definitely more hoping uh, more hoping but uh, there has to be some kind of expectations as well right otherwise yeah. what's what's the point of being a united fan if expectations don't hurt you right yeah i mean especially after anshuman mentioned like happy they're celebrating that liverpool was actually losing the league so yeah I get your point. Yeah, absolutely. For thirty years, just like you wanted us to fail, so it happens. <laughs> yeah, you, of, you still have another twenty-one years to go. Success, you know, thirty years of pain, it happens. Yeah, you still have another twenty-one years to go. We talk that. Yeah, we will see. We will see. Thirty years, <laughs> keep crying. Happens. Happens. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's coming to the question on uh, uh, what I see happening May twenty twenty-three. So honestly, I still feel it's going to be a, it's a top two finish. It's like a ninety nine point nine percent guaranteed. I would still say we'll be we'll probably end up again second behind City. And uh, like I know it's slightly the one tricky part in our in our squad right now is especially after uh, Mane going. Uh, I know we have Diaz coming in. We uh, like Diaz has gelled in pretty well since he came in in uh, January. and uh we just got darwin and uh he's going to be he's going to be a very key player uh and uh like the only reason why i don't see us still winning the league is a city being city and uh, they just spent or they just not spent they just bought in uh haland uh, as the oh, top striker haland yeah. haland definitely and so, to to quote to 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 mention to your point city being city City did not have any established any established striker ever since uh, Sergio Aguero had left, and now Holland has come in, and he is the first established striker after Sergio Aguero and yet City was being City even with wingers. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, so if you actually think about it, like, there's been quite a parallel between how City and Liverpool squads have actually developed over the last five years. uh because if you think about it like even liverpool didn't have an alternate striker like i know uh, bobby used to play up front but then it's, it was not a traditional striker role that he was playing and we always had our goals coming in through mane and salah on the wings uh it's true and and That's this season true. and this season both the teams have gone and bought in like out and out strikers like proper proper oh. proper number 9 So, so earlier, earlier in the in the league, it was just just Liverpool and City. It was just about Liverpool and City. Now we are going to have a new rivalry, which is going to be Haaland and Darwin Nunez. Uh, yeah, but at this point of time, I would still say like uh, Haaland is a 
it's a better name it's a better player okay he's a better player that's why he's a better name but yeah he has more experience playing in the top leagues and uh i mean i would i would still consider nunes to come in and especially with this with the signing being done this early this is an entire preseason that he gets to do with club uh which has worked wonders for other players that have come in in the past so i still expect him to hit the ground running but uh i guess the entire question comes down to how much can city uh or how much can liverpool actually go give the fight to city knowing that city is going to go out and do what city does uh my only hope right now is that there were rumors of barcelona looking at uh bernardo silva so if if that happens then yeah then i would put and if some of city don't are not able to replace bernardo silva then yeah then i would put liverpool over city but till the time city squad remains as what it is right now i would give city the edge all right fair enough uh anshu coming down to you last but not the least united finishing 6 barely qualifying for europa thanks to west ham united where do you see united finishing next season i mean eric ten hag has come in there's a new manager at helm the uh, players are being linked there are again rumors there are strong connections as well there are bids being submitted but there is no official announcement as of yet so where do you think united is going to end up come may 2023 uh, uh, i have said that on my streams as well that united if they are playing with that potential top four with ease let's talk in realistic terms because if if the teams play to their potential liverpool is winning the league out and out no they're not winning the league they they would have won the league last season at least they would have I mean, could they, have should have they didn't right so so let's that's what i'm saying let's talk realistically i mean yeah, top four realistically saying, even if we are even if we make our signings let's talk realistically if we make our signings the which you know the names we are linked with top four if we are not making it up we might even struggle with top 6 simple as that if we are getting the signings that elton hag wants the four the five signings that he wants if we are getting him the signings top four if we are not giving him the signings even top 6 you know might be a road to long you know road to long to travel because we have seen that you know with this set of players you cannot expect what you know basically you cannot expect anything they might show up one day you know they might show up one day they perform like 10 on 10 and the next day it's 0 on 10 so you you're not you're not expecting consistency from this bunch of players uh, the current squad that united no, has got as, left no, right from this class from them from them at this point of time you know after seeing what they did last season you know at this point of time i'm not expecting it you know at this point of time consistency yeah. from them like they would show yeah, up that's the thing. In, that's, the thing. that's why i said that's why i said about the potential and what we have with the squad the squad is you know on paper when you look at the squad it's good it's not a six place finish squad but if you are not showing up you know there is no you know there is no way we are going to get into top four tottenham is improving chelsea are going to just go out and spend 250 you know around that much money with their center backs with their wingers Haaland is already with City. So, as I said, uh, City and Liverpool, we don't even have to talk about them, very honestly, because they are not the competition at this point of time. It's it's very hard to say that. It's obviously tough. It hurts, but that's the truth. At this point of time, 
City and Liverpool they have their competition City on their own Liverpool are they they have a league of their own right now they're, they're yeah, competing exactly. in a they are, they are in a league level. of their own and it's been like that for the last 3 4 seasons you know but uh, Manchester seasons. United but Manchester United has offloaded names like Edinson Cavani Nemanja Matic Juan Mata Paul Pogba Jesse Lingard among various others i mean uh, Dean Henderson has also left on a loan and just like every season there are plenty of rumors about the likes of anthony you mentioned deong there's a connection with timber there's a bid apparently submitted for martinez debala is a name that i've heard in the transfer rumors they have uh, some rumor is going on with neymar as well but there has not been any official announcement so far not even for 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 tarel malasia who is all but done he has to fly for a medical uh, according to fabrizio romano but there's no official announcement from the united uh, yeah so fedway uh, we we have supported this club for a long time right you know how united works so basically um, because of the agent issue you know what happened with malaysia was agent issue representation issue and that's why you know it was a bit delayed and we were not sure whether it's going to be on the first or it's going to so what united did they postponed their jersey reveal on 8th you know till 8th and we all know what united do with jersey reveal so basically they are going to show off their signing to hype create the hype up so we have to wait till 8 and we will see martinez if everything goes even deong and malaysia the three signings which we are going to make so 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 you think you think uh, on 8th of uh, this month when the jersey is revealed you think united will be revealing these three players along with the jersey i am i am 100% sure about two guys i am just not sure about franky deong because 20 million in add-ons the deal you know clubs fight over 3 5 million you know on how to pay those add-ons it's 20 million so okay, it's going to be as of, with frank but as yeah. as of now as things stand at this moment eric ten hag has a depleted midfield a lazy defense and yes you know who i'm hinting towards and a very misfiring forward line Where do you think Manchester United needs to invest the most in this window? Because yeah, certainly course, they cannot to... invest in all three places. See, that's why he is going for someone like Eric, you know, Frankie Dion. He solves a lot of our midfield problems. We are also linked with Martinez because he can play as a CB, he can play as a CDM. We are getting a left, you know, backup left back because that guy has a very high ceiling. He can go, you know, a lot of places in future. But at this point of time, he will start as a backup. So Malaysia, you know, is a very shrewd signing, and you know, guess what? We have basically purchased Malaysia from the sale of Pereira. You know, so it's like a win-win for United, getting money for Pereira and buying Malaysia for that money. So at this okay. point of time, as you said, you know, CM, at, you know, central midfield, we are getting Idiom. We will get him for sure. I'm hundred percent sure we will get him. I have been saying this for three weeks. If we will get him, we will get Martinez. I have been saying about Martinez for two weeks. So Martinez, Frankie Dion, and Malaysia will be our three signings. Frankie Dion will take some time. I think one one area we might regret is definitely the forward line. You know, because if Ronaldo is having a bad day, you know, I don't expect someone like Martial to come out and win the game for us. So that's right. a position that's definitely worrying me a lot. You know, right. with Eric Ten Hag, we have seen he is not a huge admirer of a CDM position. He likes to play with pivot, you know, and even if his uh, CDM is average, he gets the results out of the team. We have seen that 
in the past with Ajax when Frankie Dion and Donny was there and even in the previous seasons you know they had Gravenberg but he used to slide up and down so with him with him midfielders often change position and that's why i said the moment he got to know that Frankie Dion is available in the Anjuman. market all you want i think i think i think arnav and ravi has some have something to say uh, let's let's start with arnav arnav please yeah what do you want to say here yeah no so i just uh, so, so very interesting you know i am not sure how much you are aware of this but you were mentioned that uh, you were worried about the forward line if ronaldo has an off day uh what would be your expectation of the season if ronaldo actually leaves because just now there's a report came out from the times saying that ronaldo has asked to leave manchester united no that's absolute bullshit you know to be very honest times guardian also reported that two days back and that that those reports are basically coming because mendes went to man chelsea if ronaldo leaves and if we are not getting a backup right that's your question if ronaldo leaves and we are left with no ronaldo Or I mean, we are getting someone. I mean, actually, there's no replacement for Ronaldo, but okay. Yeah. As even at 37 years old, you know he can he can score 20 goals. There is Sorry. a replacement, but obviously we will then get into the market. We will try to at least get a body in, you know. Okay. So, Arnav, uh, the only without, replacement United squad had for Cristiano Ronaldo has also left because he was Edinson Cavani. Marcel was away on loan, and uh, Cavani was the only one who was finishing uh, who was finishing apart from Cristiano Ronaldo who was uh, filling up. the place as much as he could as much as he possibly could if we are letting uh ronaldo go at this point of time okay if if there is off chance as you know told by arnav that if ronaldo leaves i just see i just see one guy who can come in he might take his time but he's the one i think can be successful with united and his name is kamaka apart from him apart from him i don't see anyone at this point of time in the market who will come out and can do a job obviously even he won't do the job in the very first season so if there is no ronaldo there is no top four simple on as that point, on that point anshuman even manan has a has a has a very interesting point manan uh, please please go ahead yeah so actually david onstein has also tweeted that ronaldo has asked to leave so uh, and more often than not he is right on these things at least on the english transfer rumors so if it's coming from him then definitely i will be worried because obviously i read on stand a lot you know i don't read times or the guardian but obviously if it's coming from him if it's coming from someone like lordy whitehall you know so if these guys are reporting that ronaldo wants to leave then obviously as a united fan i will be very very worried i i don't think top 6 will be a possibility without ronaldo because if you consider the last season again there's nobody to score those goals for united apart from cristiano ronaldo Anyway, we were talking about uh, talking about you know the the scoring of goals and the strikers. We were definitely discussing the rivalry between uh, Erling Haaland and Darwin Nunez come the next season. But uh, since we do not have a City fan here or in the world, if there is a possibility, I would want to talk about Liverpool and uh, talking about the transfers that uh, Liverpool has seen since we were talking about transfers just now. Sadio Mane has moved to Bayern who was very influential for Liverpool alongside uh, Mo Salah but at the same time Darwin Nunes has joined and Liverpool did this from right under the nose of Manchester United which is a huge deal for both Liverpool and Manchester United supporters equally Liverpool has also signed Calvin Ramsey and Fabio Carvalho what seems to be the transfer strategy in your opinion Arnav for the coming season what positions or what players do you think are going to be influential 
I mean, it's a it's a two it's a two ground thing. One, obviously, from the new transfers that are coming in, like Darwin Nunes is always is going to be very crucial to because see, end of the day, we've let Sadio Mane go, and uh, we somehow need to replace those twenty goals that he scores every season, which he's been doing. So I know, like Luis Diaz did come in, so they we are hoping like one is that uh, Diaz gels in more. I know he hit the ground running, but then now he'll have an entire pre-season also with the club. Uh, so it's more about replacing Mane's goals, uh, which will come down to okay Diaz and Nunes to do that, and hopefully combined outscore what Mane does. But uh, honestly, I'm also banking on Harvey Elliott to come good this season. He started last season pretty good, and then he got injured. And honestly, at the uh, at the beginning of last season, like Harvey Elliott. Uh, during the initial run was one of the first names on the team sheet. He was that good and Klopp rates him very highly. So, I expect him to come good this season. Hopefully, he stays injury-free. So, that we see the entire outlook. And Harvey rate is also crucial from a point of view that he gives a backup to Salah. Because right now, we don't have a out-and-out somebody who can just uh, like give Salah some rest and have somebody play on the right wing. That's where Harvey Elliott comes in. So, I'm hoping Harvey Elliott comes good. I'm hoping Curtis Jones continues his trajectory. And uh, I guess more or less that's it. So, like from a transfer window, transfer strategy perspective, what we've seen uh, over the last three, four years, uh, especially is that we are not just going to fill bodies in the squad. If it's like if, if a target is available, we'll go and buy them. Otherwise, we'll just set aside for the next time they're available. And uh, we've known that. Uh, Jude Bellingham is somebody who's on the radar and even though it's difficult to get him this season, we're probably going all out for him next next summer. And that is probably when we would want it, when our midfield actually starts going, like, uh, we'll have Henderson, he'll be what, 33, I think, 34 next season or beginning of next season. And then we have Thiago, who's, uh, will be reaching 30. Then we have Milner, who's, like, I wouldn't count Milner on much now from a uh, like a regular playing time, he's he's very good right now as a as a backup who can probably just come in towards the end of the game and see it out, but not for entire ninety minutes. We can beat up. So midfield is some midfield is one place that uh, we are currently. I wouldn't say lacking as such in numbers, but lacking in the uh, somewhere lacking in the quality. quality. And and that's one area that I feel like we should improve. And I mean, if the rumors are true and that uh, we are going to go all out for Bellingham next season, then. Yeah, I would say that we can probably sustain one season right now, rather than just right. buying somebody as a stopgap arrangement. Okay, okay. And with that sustenance, uh, you are predicting a second place finish again, with not much of a transfer activity. Uh true. I mean, see, end of the day, you can only improve the squad so much, right? I mean, uh, honestly, like I don't see anybody who can come in and replace any of us, like. Except outside some places in the midfield, I don't see anybody who can just come out and replace the starting eleven at least. Uh, second eleven is yes, where I feel there might be some, there can be some changes available. That, but then again, uh, there's no point in spending 50, 60 million on somebody who's going to be bench player. Honestly, well, that's that's logical enough. Uh, but talking about the transfers and the clubs that have been successful and the clubs that not so successful so far. We have already discussed Manchester United. Now, uh, let's come to Chelsea. Manan, not a very reasonable impact in the transfer market right now, except again for the rumours for, for the rumors that have been floating around 
Chelsea has already offloaded Christensen. They have offloaded Rudiger. Lukaku has gone back to Italy on the loan to Inter. Where do you see Chelsea heading in the transfer window, even with the contact with Manchester City for Raheem Sterling as well? Um, so very honestly, we started late in the market because of the whole ownership handover issues. But uh, considering all of that, it's to be expected that we would be slightly behind our rivals in terms of the transfer business. Uh, there have been positive moves, like you just said, for uh, Sterling, and we've had a bid uh, accepted for Rafinha, which is again its own saga with Barcelona involved. Um, I, I would wouldn't be surprised if Sterling uh, does join, and and apparently we are also in for Nathan Ake uh, from Man City. So uh, City has been our shopping center this this window. But I think I think the priorities are certainly has to be in replacing um, Christensen and Rudiger. Uh, both were phenomenal under Tuchel, especially for the last year, year and a half, and they were instrumental in us winning the Champions League as well. So defense is an area where uh, uh, strengthening uh, has or other additions have to be prioritized. Uh, Sterling obviously adds goals to the team. I'm I'm not entirely convinced. Uh, with his ability because he already got Werner who's who's kind of an expert in missing easy chances we don't want to add Sterling to that list, list but then again he's also a proven boss for our city so you, you've I, I'm on the fence personally speaking on from that signing but uh, it's it's not looking very promising from my my point of view because you see you know the likes of Tottenham and City and Liverpool making all these wonderful additions to the squad and and they, they, at least Liverpool City are already quite settled. They just need refreshing every every window. So it's it's not very promising from a signing point of view. But yeah, I mean, as long as we get players who Tuchel wants and who who and and I hope Tuchel knows what he's doing because again Lukaku coming back to the same example where I, he was a he was an abject failure at the club and partly that was also down to the fact that Tuchel did not use him right. So I, I just hope that as long as we get the players who Tuchel wants uh, in the squad and who can who can who want to play for the badge, who want to play for the club, I think I'll be happy with that. Uh, right now, it's, it's looking like Sterling is, is the most likely uh, signing that we will make. Uh, but there are a number of rumors floating around, so I, I I would all I would take that take those all with a pinch of salt. But yeah, I think I think uh, that's where that's where we stand in terms of the transfer market uh, uh, this summer. Alright. Um, talking about the transfers, uh, talking about basically, we have you you mentioned some uh, wonderful additions that the Spurs squad have done. The uh, what Liverpool and City are doing in the transfer window right now. Uh, a little while before you even mentioned Arsenal doing uh, some kind of good business yeah. in the transfer market. But uh, let's talk about yeah. just the Premier League history. If we talk about just the Premier League history uh, since 1992 when uh, the era started. The top mm. 10 worst signings that we talk about in the Premier League history, 5 of those 10 are to Chelsea, 3 are to Manchester United. With Lukaku to Chelsea being on top for £97 million as you mentioned. Second and third place go to Di Maria and Alexis Sanchez for Manchester United. And then bottom 5 is dominated by Chelsea with the, with the likes of Bakayoko, Drinkwater, Shevchenko and Torres. And the last name in the list is Paul Pogba for United. I mean, what seems to be missing in both these clubs, uh, Manan and Anshuman, this question is to both of you. 
what seems to be missing that these blunders are worth remembering at least for a long time and uh, from a manchester united's point of view there may be an addition to the list in the form of harry maguire so uh, at least what i think is uh, what is common between both these clubs is that you don't have uh, footballing people making uh, recruitment decisions so first and foremost the one thing that i can see that is very obviously common between these two clubs is neither of these two clubs have a director of football uh, so uh, you don't have football people running uh, all the recruitment decisions our our head scout is an embarrassment scott mcclacken who who has no clue what players to target and and who has no clue what the manager wants so it's it's an embarrassing from from a scouting point of view and uh, same same is the case with united as well because they they essentially plug the shiniest new toy available in the market in the squad irrespective of the fact that whether the signing makes sense from a squad point of view from a tactical point of view or not so i think that's been the the most uh, pressing problem at least from a chelsea point of view you had torres who was fashionable at that time uh, you had bakayoko who was a part of uh, monaco's uh, wonder squad you have um, lukaku who was well frankly top 3 strikers in the world at the point so you do make signings irrespective of whether or not the manager wants it whether or not he fits the philosophy that the manager is trying to implement and you just shove them down the manager's throat so i think that's where a lot of failures have come across uh, from that point of view whereas you look at the liverpool model you have uh, michael edwards and jurgen klopp working very closely to identify which sort of players do they want uh, from not only from an athletic point of view but from also a men- mental and tactical point of view so i think that's where the whole model is successful but yeah that that's that's at least from what i believe that has been the sort of downfall in terms of splashing money but not getting anywhere love to hear anshuman's comment yeah anshuman uh, what do you have to say about these the, the names that we mentioned paul pogba uh, di maria and definitely alexis sanchez from arsenal as i said you know harry maguire the only reason harry maguire is not in the list is because you know he had two decent seasons last season was obviously a disaster but when you look at paul pogba six seasons barely did anything and i think if maguire goes with a certain season like you know that he went last time i think he will be up on the list as well so at this point of time what i feel is obviously sanchez you know sanchez basically in a swap deal they would have not taken him yeah but with the wages he was on that's why he was taken obviously di maria makes all the sense paul pogba but you were talking about the three signings we have made some very very bad signings we all know that and obviously when it comes to the price it's paul pogba it's sanchez it's di maria but look at our recruitment in the last 5 6 years you know if if you will take away the prices you will you can have an entire top 10 of united so that's how bad we have been in the last you know 10 years in the transfer market all right uh, let's let's move towards some some happy news in the transfer window i mean uh, apart among, among the people that are present here the most successful transfer window so far ivan perisic for free fraser foster for free bisuma from the seagulls and now richarlison from everton spurs seem to be doing just more than all right so far in the window Ravi can you shine your views on the transfer activity and which more players can we expect to be signed for Spurs this season I mean we don't see any threats of any players leaving after Harry Kane rumors seem to have slowed down uh, 
I'll, I'll like to take the second part first so that so uh, no I, I don't think there are any uh, transfer rumors as such on any of the key players uh, at least uh, yeah and it it has been quite a uh, quite a different uh, transfer window uh, for any sports fan uh, I I since I've not been a fan for a very very long time but uh, when I talk to other fans I don't think anyone recalls uh, this kind of a transfer window like they've made four five signings and and uh, you know this so this has been incredible uh, I I'm not sure about uh, you know if if you're going to get more players but uh, I I just you know if if I have to you know say that uh, uh, there was there, there was to be a very good signing for us or a quote unquote a dream signing uh, well then I would have gone for Rafinha but uh, I think uh, either Chelsea is nabbing him but I'm not even sure like if Chelsea is getting him right now uh, last I heard Barcelona is pushing closer to a deal and uh, per the grapevine he has blocked his uh, his asked his region uh, uh, sorry agent to uh, you know hold hold up on the uh, Chelsea offer so yeah Rafinha would have been great uh, Basponi would have been uh, uh, would have been a good a very very good addition uh, to the but I'm happy I'm really really happy with the transfer window uh, the way it has gone uh, one reason is the novelty of it the second reason uh, is the you know intrinsic uh, quality of transfers perisic like i said uh, a while ago is someone i'm li- like really really rooting for uh, bisuma definitely his uh, he's he's quite the he's quite the midfielder i'm i'm hoping for richarlison is dangerous there's no doubt about it uh, so yeah lots lots to look forward to and uh, like uh, you know manan has said and this is going to be uh my whatsapp uh, tagline for some time a back conte is a dangerous conte so yeah uh, yeah i'm uh, really happy with uh, the way things have been uh, so far and looking forward to sign uh, one or two players more because conte had that target of six players so let's see who are the other two guys that might come up thank you ravi for uh, those insights and but as long as we're talking about the transfers Let's talk about some of the loanies and the impact that they can have or have had. And again, uh, Ravi, coming back to Tottenham, Ndombele and Lo Celso are like they have joined the squad back. Do you think they can find place in the starting eleven next season under the leadership Lo Celso, of Ag- no, Lo Celso, no, thank you. Lo Celso, no, thank you. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, uh, you know, there's there's seldom I'm such so harsh on someone, but uh, Lo Celso, no, thank you. Uh, Normally, yeah, maybe yes, uh, sure, sometime. But uh, no, thank you for the sell. So, and I don't think they're going to make uh, the uh, starting eleven of the squad. Yeah. All right. Um, coming to Anshuman on the same topic. Anshuman, uh, Donny Van Der Beek, Anthony Martial, Alex uh, Axel, sorry, Axel uh, to Anzibi, uh, Fesendo Pelistri, all the names that ooze huge amounts of potential. and have age on their side they are set to return to the side do you think any of these guys can fit in the new plans of eric eric ten hag and if do you think they'll be able to make the cut uh, eric ten hag has already spoken very highly about some of the uh, academy youngsters do you think donny vanderbeek can recreate his ajax days under ten hag i definitely feel that donny would make a mark pelestri was never going to make a mark for me at united he was just being you know used as a lollipop for united fans because obviously we failed to sign sancho so we had to give the fans something we went out and spent on amad and plestri so these two guys amad you know might be loaned might stay here but plestri will definitely be loaned and tunzevi is getting sold so 
he had his chances you know he had the chances or not but that guy barely stays fit you know he's basically becoming a belly 2.0 so at this point of time i feel vanderweek will get his chances he will definitely get his in the loanies that you see making a cut in the in the in the playing 11 only vanderweek only vanderweek for kendu plesri i never thought he is going to make at united i would love to be proven you know proven wrong but i never felt that he has that at this point of time he might have it in future and obviously we have failed him with the loan moves as well you know we should have get him uh, to a championship team like we did with gardner you know where he flourished and even with the loan of amar so that's why we are so keen on anthony because we don't trust those guys and with greenwood out of the picture if we are just going with someone like sancho it's not going to help us next season so for me vandebeek definitely is going to get his chance but kinzebe definitely you know for me getting sold and when it comes to amad and elestri they will be getting loaned all right manan for you sol has returned to spain but you have the likes of uh, emerson batshuayi ethan ampadu set to return so any high hopes from these reinforcements do you see fit them all these names fitting in thomas tuchel's plans at all so i think if uh, alonso leaves which we can expect to happen uh, emerson can still play a part i don't think batshuayi has anything to do now anything to offer for the club i is he's not even a good backup at this point of time so uh, i don't have any high hopes from him at least ethan ampadu is still a very good player i think he he has the potential to um to still contribute to the squad i think he's been good for venezia last season and uh, he's still highly thought of in the welsh uh, team as well so i think he he can be a real addition to the squad but i don't know if tupil uh, rates him highly enough to consider him for the upcoming season but yeah i i don't see batchuai or saul anyway has gone back so there's no um uh, value addition happening from him but uh, i think emerson and ampuru can still still play a part in the upcoming season especially with uh, quality players available uh, quality players not being available in this market All right. Wow. The next question actually goes out to the group as a collective. So, if you had to vote for one club to win the Premier League next season, and of course you cannot vote for the club that you support, basically based on the potential and anything, if you had to vote, pick one winner. Everybody going for City? Liverpool, I think. I'll go for Liverpool. And we have one for Liverpool. Oh, sorry. Thank you. I think you have to go for City yeah. because if there was one weakness in that squad, that was the unavailability of a striker, and Erling Haaland is is a magnificent buy. So I, I I can't help but think that City are going to walk the league. We have one for Liverpool, one for City. I myself see City taking the title again. Uh, I like I've already said I. Uh, the current squad in yeah, city goes city has the edge anshuman any more words to add or city it is city city definitely city and who do you who do you see getting relegated at the end of the season does manchester united make the cut definitely not 
but yeah we are definitely if, if we are not if we are not if we are not making a signing to replace ronaldo you know we have we have to help we will be talking with him let's see what we decide but with him going out tofor definitely got out of the place because whoever gets in whoever gets in he will need time to settle and the first season you know with a new manager with so many changes already happening So let's see. That is that, is that is that is that is of course there. But who are your picks for the relegation team? The relegation. Oh, zone? okay. For relegation, at this point of time, I would be picking Leeds again. Okay. You know, with Rafinha going and one or two players might leave by the end of the window, so Leeds could be in trouble for me mm-hmm. and obviously Fulham. You know, I just don't know their obsession of bringing subpar players for twenty twenty five million. I don't have any mm-hmm. idea. So Fulham is there, and Leeds is there. One more thing at this point of time, it's very very hard to say. Bournemouth might be because they are not making any signing. So let's see. For me, Bournemouth and Leeds as well as Fulham. Fulham. All right. Uh, what about uh, you, Manan? I will agree with uh, two from Anshuman. I think three. Uh, in fact, I'll just probably one. Fulham definitely is a yo-yo club. Uh, you know, every year they get relegated, and this subsequent year they get promoted. So Fulham, I think it's, I think they'll go down for sure. My second pick would be Nottingham Forest. I, I don't think they have the resources to uh, compete at the highest level. They have a very good coach in Steve Cooper, but I, I, I just don't think they'll, they'll be up for it uh, uh, for the upcoming season. And third one would be a slightly more. Uh, Controversial. I think Bournemouth is a very good candidate, but again, uh, I think uh, Scott Parker has done a fabulous job there as well. But I, I am going to go for um, Southampton. I think they haven't made really good signings. They are losing good players. Uh, Tino Livramento is out for the year. Um, I, I think they may just be pulled into a relegation battle if not uh, outright uh, getting relegated. But Yeah, so my three picks would be Nottingham Forest, Fulham, and Southampton. And uh, Arnav, what about you? Where do you uh, see? So Manan actually took the words right off my mouth. Uh, Fulham, yeah, like you said, they're a textbook te- definition of a yo-yo club. So Fulham is definitely uh, going down. Uh, for me, Bournemouth is one another candidate. I somehow don't see them uh, staying up. Like and uh, coming to the third team, I somehow feel like Nottingham Forest probably might, but for some reason I'm getting the Brentford level vibes from them. So I see them staying up one more or uh, one season at least. Uh, but with them, I think two other teams that uh, I feel somehow are talent or will be pulled into a relegation battle is Leeds and Brentford for some reason. Like I know Brentford did pretty very well in the last season. This like the first season back in the yes. Premier, yes. first season yes. ever in the Premier League, and they did well. But uh, mm-hmm. let's see how the second season goes. I personally don't want them to be relegated, but uh, for some reason I don't see them staying up, especially if uh, they're not able to sign hold on to Eriksson. Like Eriksson was a major player of uh, the reason why they stayed up in the second half of the season. So if Eriksson is not part of the uh, Brentford setup any longer, then They are, they are, they are, they'll have a challenging one. Okay, and uh, what about Ravi? Uh, Ravi, what do you think? Who, which three clubs are going to the championship in 2023? Fulham for sure, revolving door. 
course uh, for him for sure uh, and uh, then uh, you know i have a feeling that uh, one of everton or leeds will go, go out i mean yeah uh, i i think so and uh, then of course uh, you know everton both barely everton barely survived to, the relegation battle managed last to claw season. in yeah managed to claw in and uh, with the boon they have in uh, one of our uh, legends delhi ali i don't think that uh, they have got the legs to survive the cha- uh, survive the top flight this time i think they might have and we have taken richardson so i don't think that i think everton might be in some sort of trouble and uh, frank lampard uh, you know with all due respect to him he hasn't been a very good manager all so, right i think i think that settles for frank lampard uh, being a good manager for chelsea because there were some talks about that as well uh coming to the european tournament uh liverpool is in the champions league spurs are in the champions league arsenal and united are in the europa league who do you people see taking the top crown in europe who do you see winning the champions league next, next season ishwan let's start with you who is your pick for the champions league i think <clears throat> real madrid again they will be the favorites it's just something about them in europe you know this team is basically playing 3d chess you know every time they looks like in trouble out of the way you know out of the blue someone else comes up and you know they get them the win but yeah it's definitely for me going to be between madrid and if somehow if psg gets a team spirit out of nowhere so for me it's going to be three way it's going to be liverpool or oh, sorry it's going to be city it's going to be psg and it's going to be real madrid real madrid number one for me No words for Bayern. Not surprising. No, 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 not Bayern at all. Under Nagelsmann, the way they are in turmoil at this point of time, you know, see when they are playing, you know, it was going to catch up with them with so much, you know, so many easy games in Bundesliga. It was going to catch up with them. So they have a good squad, but they are still, you know, facing that defensive fragility we have seen before. And with Highland Bundesliga works in the Champions League, they were going to figure, you know, get figured out. And it was good evening. for you know unai emery so for me it's going to take a bit while before they can challenge because these three teams i think with you know with the power they have at this point of time liverpool might just sneak in but for me those top 3 you know for me definitely top 3 yeah, uh, arnav who's your pick uh i'll put my money on liverpool this season almost 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 tasted the glory last season but <laughs> yeah it's a repeat of you found a repeat of the last time you faced liverpool uh, this uh, real madrid in the final correct so we lost to madrid in 18 we won in 19 we lost to madrid in 21 we lose or 22 we'll win in 23 that's what i'm hoping for but okay, so basically <laughs> history repeating itself is your mantra correct but uh, but honestly yeah so uh, like we you always have your top challenges that are going to be there madrid is always going to be a challenge uh somehow i feel ac milan kicking in they they're going to have a surprise run i personally feel that that's interesting uh, manan i mean what they have the say? they have a legend in oh. their squad now so kudos to them manan what about you who is your pick uh i i have i i can't think beyond anyone but uh, city They've had their near misses. Guardiola has been, you know, 
stirring the pot for quite some time now and now I they have the final piece of the puzzle in Erling Haaland so I I I have to I have to make them the favorites they are the favorites every season but this time around it feels different it 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 it's and and they're not done yet in the transfer market as well so they are selling a few, few good players and obviously they'll have the funds to buy someone else so uh, i i i can't help but think that this might finally be city's year uh, but yeah like arnav and uh, anshuman said there will be usual suspects i i don't think psg will be in the mix but uh, liverpool real madrid uh, are, are definitely there bayern not so much but uh, yeah, i think these three will be the closest but i i city are just one level above everyone else at the moment uh, in my view but you're talking about guardiola has been stirring the pot for a long time and uh, you know he has uh, the missing piece in all and right now but then again if we see guardiola's tenure he has only won the champions league with barcelona where he had leo messi he even failed with the the team with with the squad of bayern munich at that point of time and uh, we know bayern munich squad is never a joke with city do you think guardiola can do it yeah i think that that is a little more on the banter side but uh, i think guardiola is still world class and his squad is insane so i i, I you have to you have to give them the credit and uh, the respect so i think they will definitely be up there and i i just think that with the addition of holland uh, they look a different proposition and they have multiple dimensions in attack there i mean no more false nine so they have multiple dimensions that they can attack through So yeah, I mean this could very well be the year. All right. And uh, Ravi, last but not the least, what do you think? Which club are you going with? Well, I think so that uh, after the podcast recording, you and I will have a few pleasantries to exchange because I'm going to say Liverpool again. Uh, <laughs> see, <laughs> see, the thing is that uh, you know I I think it's going to be Liverpool's uh, quadruple year. I think Arnav is uh, really going to be my new best friend now. <laughs> I tell you uh, but, <laughs> no no problem but but I think this this year is going to be uh, you know very solid one for them uh, and uh, yeah sure city uh, like the, the thing is it's it's all about law of averages that's what I think uh, I think it's uh, it's going to this time it's going to click for them uh, city is is that uh, is you know where I bring a cricket uh, comparison here it's it's like for uh, it's like south africa for them They're just like very close, but they're they're not gonna uh, they're not going to win the uh, champions. That's the thing. That's the curse of having so much money. So, so you <laughs> are basically saying that uh, Manchester City is going to choke after reaching again. the final. Yeah, yeah. Again, or and at, at a crucial juncture. That that see, uh, don't want to sound philosophical or anything. That much money is poison. It's going to get you some or the other time. <laughs> All right. so money is basically the root of all evil we have all heard that and uh, before before we all get on with our lives we are in 2022 which is the year of the fifa world cup with the european champions italy missing out who are you backing to lift the biggest prize in international football and uh, ravi since you were just saying why don't we ask this question first to you uh, england uh, i i want uh, it to happen for harry kane england so And the Spurs supporter has spoken. What about you, uh, Arnav? <laughs> are you are you backing uh, Egypt for Mo Salah or what? Uh, Egypt is not in there in the World Cup, sir. <laughs> exactly. So who's your? Yeah, so heart says Germany, head says Brazil. Oh, heart says Germany, head says Brazil. I would agree to you on the Germany point. Heart says Germany. I agree. 
uh, anshuman what about you sorry i love germany but i think you know uh, portugal might be the ones you know for me to win the world cup yeah portugal okay if uh, they have anybody, the players to obviously any anybody want to uh, have any say here because i am finding it a little controversial on a personal level to be honest i mean no disrespect to portugal great great squad but to win the world cup it's a little controversial in my opinion yeah i think uh, portugal i mean fair if you if you feel your opinion but i i don't see them even reaching semis to be honest manan who's your pick to lift the world cup so i am a German supporter, so obviously I will back the Demon Shaft, and Hansi Flick is a world-class coach. But uh, there, uh, the, there could be some strict competition from Argentina. They've been brilliant uh, under Lionel Scaloni, and they've uh, they've gone on a quite a significant unbeaten run as well. And Messi looks inspired whenever he plays. He plays for the national team, so I think they they'll be right in the mix. So yeah, between Germany and Argentina. all right that was wonderful all you people all really thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for being a part of this amazing season finale episode i wish you all and your clubs loads of luck and success in the upcoming season in england and in europe beat the champions league or the europa league so uh, really thank you so much guys for joining in really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your busy schedule to be here with me and discussing the beautiful sport of football Uh thanks Thank a lot for having us over here. Yep. With this episode, the season of 2021-2022 for Gaffer's Advisor also comes to a close. I would like to remind you to subscribe, follow and share the podcast so that you can be up to date as the new season 2022-23 kicks off. You can also reach out to me through DM on Instagram at Gaffer's Advisor in case you want to share any feedbacks or comments. If you would like to be a part of the show and discuss the beautiful sport in the coming season, all you need to do is reach out via the same DM. Until next season, this is your host and Gaffer's Advisor, Siddharth Kathuria, signing off.